This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So I want to start out by, by just talking about this, this series again. The idea we're, we're looking for beauty in the storm. How do we find it? And, and so much of it is how we see and, and, and the things we can see and how do we look out there in the world and learn to celebrate those moments where we can see beauty in the storm. Last night, congratulations. You know, Joel sent me a text. He got engaged. You know, that's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a beauty in the storm. Beauty in the storms of life that we're all going through right now. And it's important for us to, to hold this and not just hold it as like some nice little side thing, but to actually see it as a discipline, as a practice. And, and how do we practice it? And how do we start to hold things in ways that are really healthy? So I want to just recap by stepping over here. I want to recap just from last week, what we were talking about from last week, looking at that feeling of hopelessness, that idea of hopelessness. And we talked about last week, and it's such a, such a powerful idea that when we feel hopeless, please listen to this, we cease to belong to the future. When we feel hopeless, we cease to belong to the future. And what happens when we're in that place where we're sort of cut off from this idea of the future where we're feeling hopeless? Some people said, yep, it just gets me right into tears, fear, blame. I feel depleted. I lay in bed, covers over my head, cry. I lose sight of God. I feel it will never end. And there are many other responses that we got on the chat as well. So, so that's, that's an important starting point. You just acknowledge, like, this is the universal human experience. And how is it that we move over to this part where, where God kind of stirs our heart with ways to move forward? Calling someone, prayer, faith, new eyes, talk to my spouse. Like, like this whole idea of connection, how do we do that? How do we do that and how do we sort of hold these challenges in a way that doesn't paralyze us? I mentioned Martin Luther King's great quote last week where we're no longer mesmerized by uncertainty. Or we're no longer mesmerized by uncertainty. I'm going to step back on over here. And as we look at that, folks, in our world, I, I think we have to learn how are we going to balance these, these things. Safety, courage, and action. And, and we're going to be answering one question today, which is how do I find you know, the safety that gives me the courage to act? How do I find the safety that gives me the courage, dot, 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 because that's its own thing, and then following that up to act? We're going to look at that today as sort of our, our guiding question. And, and I want you to hold it lightly because I, I I'm hoping by the end of the service to surprise you, to maybe surprise you a little bit with, with what I imagine God is telling us the answer is. Because it's hard how you put those things together. Like, I want to feel safe. I want to have courage. And I want to act. And we can feel that tension in certain moments like this. Famous Norman Rockwell painting there. We're wondering, yeah, how do I have safety, courage, and action there in, in that moment? Now, to get us started with this, I want to start with a question around faith. Because I think faith around safety, courage, and action, faith is kind of the, the, the context that we can hold it all in. Faith is the context we can hold it all in. And what I want you to, 
answer, and you can answer it if you're at home with, with other folks, you can answer it on the chat, you can answer as well by sending me a text, is this question, what would you love to have more faith around? What would you love to have more faith around? Answer in the chat or text me at 215-740-3662. So if you're thinking, yeah, I wish I had more faith around this. It could be an event, it could be a relationship. What do you wish you had more faith around? Take 60 seconds and go ahead and answer that question. So thank you, folks. As those answers come in, I, I want to keep going. And we'll come back to touch on them, touch on them again in a, in a minute. And I want to I share with you a, a, a story. Again, it's one that we started looking at last week. And it's, it's a story that starts to give us a, a, a sense of maybe what can be on the other side of all this. What can start to work for all of us in terms of how we put a context around all these different challenges we're talking about. And, and how, do we, how do we get these to work? And, and, and how does this all kind of fit in, the story of a storm, and how do we find beauty in the storm? And how do we find a faith that starts to grow for us? Now, the context of this story was when we started last week. And the disciples have, have taken out, those are 12 followers of Jesus, and, and he's gone up into, a, up into the mountains to pray. They're out in the middle of the water. A big storm comes, and it's a frightful storm. And the storm, actually one of the most frightful sayings in it is something that we miss because we're landlubbers here in Philadelphia, was that the, even the wind was blowing, was blowing in their faces. So they're trying to get, to the, get, get home. They're trying to get to the port. And even there, the wind is, is howling right into their ship. And for a sailboat, that means you're in trouble. If you're dependent on the wind, and the wind's going the opposite direction, I think we can all see what the clear challenge is there. And then what do they see? They look out on the water. And what their fear initially sees is what they worry is a ghost coming across the waves to them. That was one way of seeing. And then their eyes are open and they see, oh, actually, it's Jesus coming out to see us. And that's where we pick up the story here. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. We talked about that again, just that initial language of like, take courage. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you replied, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I'm going to pull these apart, but I just want to read the story first. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus and when he saw the wind, which is kind of funny, like he saw the wind, that makes me smile that you don't actually see wind, but you can, when you're afraid, you sure do. 
He saw the wind. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He was afraid, you know, afraid. Notice the connection there between fear and sinking. Notice the connection there between fear and this feeling we're sinking. Cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were on the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, I want to I look at, at some of these specific parts in this that I think are deeply powerful. Peter replied, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And one of, one of the really fun parts to do, I'm going to use this as an example. Fun parts to do with anything in the Bible is, is, is that the words are just so rich. They're, you know, these language that, that we can just look at and feel like, oh, he's just saying, look, come out to me. And, and then you start to pull the word apart and realize, wow, there's actually more there that's being said. The definition where Jesus says, come, he said, what is really the, the definition you could use there is come into being. Boy, that's good. So here's this incredibly fear-inducing situation. The wind, the water, the waves. Here's all this fear. Here's Jesus calling us to a certain action. And it's not just a physical, like, walk out on the water to me. It also has this second connotation of coming into being. Of coming into being. That's a a deeply powerful idea that as, as as we start to move forward with our fears, not without our fears, as we start to move forward with our fears, that that's God's promise is that we're going to find ourselves coming into being in a new way. And that's where I want to come back to this concept of faith. You know, some of the responses you folks had, I thought that were powerful. Uh, oh, this is really good. Scott, right off the bat, I would love to have more faith around the security of my future work. Faith that sometime soon humanity will be one. Larry, preach it, brother. That is good. Wish I had more faith. I will know, I will be on this earth to see all the beautiful things that my children will experience. Everything. Wish I had more faith in my wife's trust in me. Wish I had more faith in my personal health and well-being. Wish I had more faith in my greatness. And that's that idea of Marianne Williamson, you know, learning to trust our light instead of just being worried about our darkness. So it's, it's how do we have faith there? Like, how do we, how do we build it? How, does it? how does it look, you know, especially when the world looks like this? Where it, where it feels so much like, like we're in a storm. You know, I, I know just my job as a pastor, I feel that way all the time. Can I have faith in the future? Can I have faith in others? Can I have faith in myself? Because it, it feels like such a challenging time where, where we're, we're moving into a world, you know, again, I, it's an aside, it's an aside conversation. You know, it's not that when we get a vaccine or whenever all that happens, all of a sudden the world snaps back. It doesn't. Like, we're going through a lot of big changes right now on many fronts. Socially, politically, economically, with COVID. Like a lot of big shifts are taking place right now. 
And a lot of it can feel like a storm. And why, why is it so hard to have faith in those moments? And, and I feel like maybe part of it is that maybe there's a way we've misdefined faith. We've looked at faith one way. And I think this story, and I think God is saying, you know, it's not a bad way to look at it. I don't think God is big on, like, there's only A and B answer, and you got the wrong answer. I feel like it's, I think you would go, like, well, that's a start, the way we traditionally look at it. And here's another more full way to view, to view faith. And from the new church, real critical, the idea that just faith alone doesn't work. You know, if we really just believe it's about, like, clinging on to a belief, and that's all that matters, just a belief, period, hermetically sealed, a belief. That isn't what we're talking about as a faith that gives life. Well, this is where I think it's hard. Why is faith hard? Folks, I would take a screenshot of this. I found this just, just uh, so insightful when I read it in another pastor's sermon. Why is faith hard? Because faith is there to move us, not just comfort us. There's so much wisdom in that. Faith, in other words, is there to get us to move. That's why, again, Peter, in, in, from a new church perspective, new church perspective, we see these as stories, yeah, th this particular story literally true, but also figuratively and poetically true at the same time, where it's talking about things in our minds, where we, where we are all characters in the story, essentially. And that idea of Peter, and if, if we can see as Peter kind of picturing our faith and and we need to be able to literally like pick up our faith and get out of the boat. To pick up our faith and move. To pick up our faith and try to use it to make a difference. To pick up our faith and allow it to move us beyond certainty into adventure. Even adventures sometimes that are so incredibly hard to do. And it's not folks that are faith, like, like and this is, this is a little bit, um, this is a little tricky to get across. And I, again, like words will absolutely fail me on this. It's a picture of faith that is beyond just faith as a one-time decision. Like, I'm going to choose to have faith. Here's my one-time decision. I've checked that box. I'll have faith for the rest of my life. How many of us has that worked for? <laughs> not too many, I wouldn't think. Maybe it happens with a few. Certainly not the way it's worked with me. And I imagine not the way it's worked with most of those watching today. Faith is not this one-time decision. Faith is an action. Faith is a verb. Faith is not, please listen carefully. Faith is not a checkbox, it's a horizon. Faith is not a checkbox, it's a horizon. Now, if it's a horizon, if it's something we're constantly moving to, a sermon I preached before, and if you're watching for the first time, it's fun to like talk about the idea that God always speaks to us through horizons. That's one of the main ways he speaks, is through the horizons in front of us. And, and you know, it's, it's not going to be the, the perfect journey. And, of course, it's not the perfect journey we see here with, with Peter. And it's so human. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, again, I find that funny. When he saw the wind, he was afraid. Again, 
the wind creating fear, those things all being together. And when he, when he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. He cried out, Lord, save me. Because our faith will falter. Of course it will. I mean, I could go through all those things you folks listed. Of course our faith that we'll be able to achieve or do those things will falter. Maybe necessarily so. Because maybe that's where we start to gain a clarity of life. And stop putting it on God to make sure that there's no storms in the journey. Stop putting it on God to make sure there's no storms in the journey. No storms in the journey is not faith. It's nice. It's like the weather in San Diego. But don't confuse it with faith. Some of the most faithful people I know are some of the people who have faced and are facing storms I can't even imagine the magnitude of. Somehow they get it in a way that is truly beautiful. Now, how does Jesus react to this sort of this crisis of faith? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught, caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, my particular pastoring perspective 101 is, is 99 times out of 100, you have to read what Jesus says and you have to read it with a smile. This is how I choose to read that. And you can read it some different way. We can read it as a punitive God, or we can view it as a loving God. Now, the way way a loving God would read that, I think, is imagine Jesus reaching out his hand with a big old smile. Going, oh, you of little faith. You know, Peter, come on. Why did you doubt? And I kind of think going back to the diving board analogy, it's like that, that kid who dives down under the water. Their head gets dunked underwater. They come up, they're all panicked. And you're there as a dad, as a mom. You never laughed. You were never going to leave. And God's job there is that beautiful, beautiful reassurance. The beautiful reassurance. Now, now this, this folks, again, like, and this is, this is I'm going to take a little detour here into pastoring geekdom. Like, this is big-time theological geekiness. So put on your geeky hat just for, for a couple of minutes here. This is the kind of stuff I find particularly fun. Granted, some of you will think that's boring, but I think it's fun, so I want to share it with you. Look at these two translations of faith. So, so the, the original King James Version of the Bible, the original King James Version, again, like, it's not like Jesus went through his life and said, here, put this in the Bible. It's not that that works. It literally, the Bible's this accumulation took hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years. And then eventually they said, look, we want to bring all these different religious tracts together, put them together in this little mini library. We're going to call this mini library a Bible. And it's going to have all these different perspectives on it, including perspectives on faith. The original, the original translation, way back from the King James Version, which is way, I mean, that's hundreds of years old, was it talked about faith. And the way it would talk about it is the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what they held would save us. 
And there, I, you know, like the word salvation this day and age doesn't, doesn't resonate with modern ears as much as the word healing. So think of healing in your life. You know, yep, we have salvation to talk about. We have heaven, we have hell, we have all those things. Think of it for now, hold it as healing. So healing comes for the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Versus the way we, we translate it today, actually I should say NKJV there, sorry I missed that, New King James Version. They switched it in the New King James Version. They have it switched in the version we use here, the New Interpreter's Version, faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now there's a subtle but geeky difference there. Faith in Jesus Christ means my job is to have faith. In, in other words, here I am to have faith in Jesus. There is nothing wrong with that. That, that is clearly, uh, you know, clearly something I believe down to my core. And is, is core to the whole Christian message, core to the new church message. And we can round it out a little more. Into understanding healing is part of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the diving board analogy, is just getting, he's going to be there when you hit the water. His faithfulness will not only put God there, but that is where God is is that's where God is the water and we have to learn to trust that the water will hold that the water will support that God is with us as a loving parent the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and we, we, we see that folks like that, that term it's not just the faithfulness of Jesus Christ for the, for, the, for the 12 people who followed him. I mean, we see him just expanding this, 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 this sphere of compassion to, to everyone he comes across. Now, why? Because that's what he's calling us to do, too. We're to mirror in our own imperfect human ways that kind of faithfulness. That kind of you can count on me-ness, there's a word. That kind of like, I will always be here. People in your life should know that. They should feel that. They should understand that. And you should understand that about God. What starts to happen then, folks, is this. We start to see faith is a risky commitment to a way of being in the face of endless natural fears and uncertainties. Faith is a risky commitment to a way of being in the face of endless natural fears and uncertainty. So it's not that faith is devoid of risk. Actually, if we have faith, we may actually take more risks in our life. Not less. And then it becomes this, this deep way of being out there into the world. I think maybe this. I'm going to step over here real quickly again. 
you know, we know, we know that the storms of life come. We know that they're going to happen out there in our lives. And I think we go like, God, there's a big storm coming. And what does he give us? An umbrella. <laughs> That's different than what we might want. I want the guarantee that the storm will end right now. And I want the double guarantee that there'll be no more storms. That's what I want. And I think what God does with the smile, Chuck, that's a terrific idea. Here's your umbrella. Or a helmet, whatever, whatever you want to pull. But just that idea of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's to have faith is actually a risky endeavor. I'm going to step back over here. It's not about certainty. It's not about no storms. It's not about any of those things. As a matter of fact, we can make our desire for safety. We can make, next picture, we can make our desire for safety its own idol, its own God. But that becomes the only thing we're worried about in life is how safe can we play? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, amazing theologian. You know, I'm listening to a, to a, a, you know, a story. I love listening to World War II literature. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer and all he did to, to try to, to save Jews and all he did to try to essentially save Germany. And he said, there is no safety on the way to peace. Peace is the great adventure. It must be dared. Peace is the great adventure. It must be dared. Incredibly powerful line there. And then we start to see maybe a different view of faith. Faith that maybe looks a little bit more like this guy. I mean, maybe that's what Peter ended up doing, right? Maybe the lesson here wasn't that he never got out of the boat again. We know later on in the Bible he does, famously. Maybe he just learned to trust the water. That the water would hold. The faithfulness of Jesus Christ with him through all of this. So, friends, to answer our question. We have this idea of safety and encouraged to act. For me personally, I want all the safety in the world. And I believe that if I have all the safety in the world, then I'll have courage. Then I'll be able to act. I think so much of what Jesus is asking us is this. How do I have courage? The courage to act and then actually acting. And then through that action, finding safety. I think this is what faith is. I think this is what the call is. I think this is how we avoid faith alone. 
There's nothing easy about this equation. But there's nothing of value, in a sense, in the other equation either, in terms of how we can live out there into the world. That idea of, of looking at faith as being courage to act, and that courage of act gives me a new safety. And, and just even this morning, you know, I was, I was looking through some stuff, and, and, and one of the, the joys, like as we close this, one of the joys I find, you know, from a Christian New Church perspective is that we deeply value other faiths. We deeply value that they've been given part of the truth too. Their part. So I asked Angela to order for me this book by Martin Buber. It's about a it's Hasidic Jewish teachings. And I opened it up this morning. And the, the, the Hasidic tale I looked at was not to be preoccupied with oneself. Not to be preoccupied with oneself. If we demand absolute safety before we move, in a certain sense, that's preoccupation with self. If instead, we can lean into courage and add to that the courage to act, and then we act, we find a new safety. But this new safety, it's all about the other. I had this conversation this week, and it's just with a, with a dear friend, online viewer. And, and his conversation always comes around to, to check, how are we going to serve other people? How are we going to serve other people? That's the kind of faith we're being called to. That's courage. That's action. And that creates a new kind of safety, a beautiful kind of safety, and a sense of home and peace. So the takeaway is pretty straightforward. Beauty in the storm. Find it this week in that very simple equation of having this, the courage to act. And my friends, I promise you, you do that, regardless of the storm, you're going to see a lot of beauty. Amen. What we're going to do now is we're going to do the closing of our service. I'm going to offer a prayer, and then you have the opportunity to say your own prayer. Now I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer as well. And, you know, folks, as you, as you look at these messages, like, like, don't be afraid, again, like maybe your courage to act, just a little one, is just going to coffee and donuts after church today. Online, that online Zoom group, just as a way, again, to like take that message one step forward, take that connection one step forward. See how that works. And again, look for the beauty you can see through that. So with that, I'd like to offer a prayer, and then we'll have the Lord's Prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Lord, give us the courage to act. And through that, then allow us to understand what true safety is. True, state, true safety that understands the faithfulness of you. 
that understands as we choose love, we choose you. That as we choose love, we choose action. As we choose love, we choose faith. Thank you for your presence here today, Lord. Give us the courage throughout this week to act in ways small and in ways big. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, this week, give us the courage to act, the courage to choose love. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 